Research on emotional suppression shows that when emotions are pushed aside or ignored, they get stronger. Psychologists call this amplification, like that delicious chocolate cake in the refrigerator. The more you try to ignore it, <laughs> the greater its hold on you. You might think you're in control of unwanted emotions when you ignore them, but in fact, they control you. Internal pain always comes out, always. And who pays the price? We do. That's Susan David, and this is the Depression Detox Show. Welcome back to the Depression Detox Show, where we share ideas and stories to change your relationship with depression. I'm your host, Malik Josephs. Happy Wednesday. And we are continuing with our topic of emotions this week. And today we have Harvard Medical School psychologist and Wall Street bestselling author Susan David on the show to teach us about emotional agility. Here's Susan David. Enjoy. In a survey I recently conducted with over 70,000 people, I found that a third of us, a third, either judge ourselves for having so-called bad emotions, like sadness, anger, or even grief, or actively try to push aside these feelings. We do this not only to ourselves, but also to people we love, like our children. We may inadvertently shame them out of emotions seen as negative, jump to solution, and fail to help them to see these emotions as inherently valuable. Normal, natural emotions are now seen as good or bad. And being positive has become a new form of moral correctness. People with cancer are automatically told to just stay positive. Woman to stop being so angry. And the list goes on. It's a tyranny. It's a tyranny of positivity. And it's cruel, unkind, and ineffective. And we do it to ourselves, and we do it to others. If there's one common feature of brooding, bottling, or forced positivity, it's this. They are all rigid responses. And if there's a single lesson we can learn from the inevitable fall of apartheid, it is that rigid denial doesn't work. It's unsustainable for individuals, for families, for societies. And as we watch the ice caps melt, it is unsustainable for our planet. Research on emotional suppression shows that when emotions are pushed aside or ignored, they get stronger. Psychologists call this amplification, like that delicious chocolate cake in the refrigerator. The more you try to ignore it, 
the greater its hold on you. You might think you're in control of unwanted emotions when you ignore them, but in fact, they control you. Internal pain always comes out, always. And who pays the price? We do. Our children, our colleagues, our communities. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not anti-happiness. I like being happy. I'm a pretty happy person. But when we push aside normal emotions to embrace false positivity, we lose our capacity to develop skills to deal with the world as it is, not as we wish it to be. I've had hundreds of people tell me what they don't want to feel. They say things like. I don't want to try because I don't want to feel disappointed, or I just want this feeling to go away. I understand, I said to them, but you have dead people's goals. <laughs> Only dead people. Never get unwanted or inconvenienced by their feelings. <laughs> Only dead people never get stressed, never get broken hearts, never experience the disappointment that comes with failure. Tough emotions are part of our contract with life. You don't get to have a meaningful career or raise a family, or leave the world a better place. Without stress and discomfort, discomfort is the price of admission to a meaningful life. So, how do we begin to dismantle rigidity and embrace emotional agility? As that young schoolgirl, when I leaned into those blank pages, I started to do away with feelings of what I should be experiencing. And instead, started to open my heart to what I did feel: pain, and grief, and loss, and regret. Research now shows that the radical acceptance of all of our emotions, even the messy, difficult ones, is the cornerstone to resilience, thriving, and true, authentic happiness. But. Emotional agility is more than just an acceptance of emotions. We also know that accuracy matters. In my own research, I found that words are essential. We often use quick and easy labels to describe our feelings. "I'm stressed" is the most common one I hear, but there's a world of difference between stress and disappointment, or stress and that knowing dread of "I'm in the wrong career." When we label our emotions accurately, we are more able to discern the precise cause of our feelings, and what scientists call the readiness potential in our brain is activated, allowing us to take concrete steps. But not just any steps; the right steps for us, because our emotions are data. Our emotions contain flashing lights to things that we care about. We tend not to feel strong emotion to stuff that doesn't mean anything in our worlds. If you feel rage when you read the news, that rage is a signpost, perhaps, that you value equity and fairness, 
and an opportunity to take active steps to shape your life in that direction. When we are open to the difficult emotions, we are able to generate responses that are values-aligned. But there's an important caveat. Emotions are data; they are not directives. We can show up to and mine our emotions for their values without needing to listen to them. Just like I can show up to my son in his frustration with his baby sister, but not endorse his idea that he gets to give her away to the first stranger he sees in a shopping mall. <laughs> We own our emotions; they don't own us. When we internalize the difference between how I feel and all my wisdom. And what I do in a values-aligned action, we generate the pathway to our best selves via our emotions. So, what does this look like in practice? When you feel a strong, tough emotion, don't race for the emotional exits. Learn its contours. Show up to the journal of your hearts. What is the emotion telling you? And try not to say "I am" as in "I am angry" or "I am sad." When you say "I am," it makes you sound as if you are the emotion, whereas you are you, and the emotion is a data source. Instead, try to notice the feeling for what it is. I'm noticing that I'm feeling sad, or I'm noticing that I'm feeling angry. These are essential skills for us, our families, our communities. They are also critical to the workplace. In my research, when I looked at what helps people to bring the best of themselves to work, I found a powerful key contributor: individualized consideration. When people are allowed to feel their emotional truth, engagement, creativity, and innovation flourish in the organization. Diversity isn't just people; it's also what's inside people, including diversity of emotion. The most agile, resilient. Individuals, teams, organizations, families, communities are built on an openness to the normal human emotions. It's this that allows us to say, "What is my emotion telling me? Which action will bring me towards my values? Which will take me away from my values?" Emotional agility is the ability to be with your emotions, with curiosity, compassion, and especially the courage to take values-connected steps. Big thanks to Susan David for stopping by. You can connect with her by visiting her website susandavid.com. You can follow her on Instagram at susandavidphd and check out her latest book entitled Emotional Agility: Get Unstuck, Embrace Change, and Thrive in Work and Life. And if you like this clip, there'll be a link to the entire talk along with all the links to connect with Susan in the show description. And when you get a chance, please follow the show on Spotify podcast, share it, or subscribe on your favorite podcast player app. And I will see you back here Friday, where we have a new feature speaker making her debut on the show to share a few tips on what to do when we are faced with unpleasant feelings. So, until then, stay strong. Later. Later.